We are still on Kuftadik Dalit. We are still in Parakrishan of Saita. We are like on Daf Yud in the regular world of Gemara. The, 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 the beginning of Saita goes nice and slow in Ainyak, and it's all Agadata. So we are in Aishaf Bez, and we are the last Indian there. The last line is Vaigdal Anar You see Vaigdal Anar? It's the second to last line. Okay. The boy grew up. We're going back in time again. Shimshin's a little boy again. He grew up and and he became, and he became, uh, God blessed him. God blessed the boy as he grew up. What was the bracha that he got? The bracha that he got was with his aver, was with his makma bris. But it wasn't specifically in the aver itself. He actually had a very average aver. When it came to his zera, however, when it came to his seed, that was like a, uh, a fast-flowing river. So uh, that is something to unpack, because on the surface that doesn't sound like... Besides the fact that it's a little strange, but you cannot get a... Besides the fact that this is... Uh, besides the fact that, uh, that this is um, strange... In addition to being strange, it's not on the surface an immediate bracha. I mean, uh, especially in Zarkanachal I don't know of anybody who particularly wants that. So I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Um, I, outside of Kabbalah, I don't know how you understand it. Huh? If you, if you look in Rashi, Rashi doesn't say anything all that, all that satisfying. Rashi says, People end up getting brachas in areas that they have taivas for. He wanted to be very good at this, so he was very good at it, I guess. But it's not really a satisfying answer. Outside, in Kabbalah, there's, there's fascinating answers. In Nigla, I gotta tell you, I looked around, I don't have a Nigla dick explanation for this. However, in the area of Nister, the Ben Yayada says something fascinating that's built on a whole body of Kabbalah about the word B'nai Adam. So you look here, it says here that he had an Amma that was like B'nai Adam, but his Zera was not. So why is he called like B'nai Adam? He's called like Bnei Adam because he's like the tzaddikim who are called Adam. Tzaddikim are bechinas Adam. And what is it? What is the difference between a tzaddik and everybody else? Few things. One of the main differences between a tzaddik and everybody else is that a tzaddik is not affected by the world around them. A benini is constantly ah. Uh, uh? Right, right. So they are bechinas Adam, which means that they are not impressionable. A tzaddik is not a tzaddik. The, the world around a tzaddik doesn't influence a tzaddik negatively. A tzaddik is a force for good that is never negatively influenced. So the fact that he was an Adam was very significant for him, specifically when it came to his Amma, specifically when it came to Bia, because as we've said several times in the discussion of Shimshin, I might have thought that he was seriously damaged, spiritually compromised by these strange Bias he had. We found ways to make them mutter, but nonetheless, they should have been deeply compromising to his spirituality, not a Bnei Adam. So that was Amasak Bnei Adam, was that God granted him a degree of immunity, that we have a Tzaddik level Amma, in that whatever forbidden relationships he was engaging in, they didn't end up damaging him. He was able to affect Birurim, uh, flip physicality without being damaged by it, which is, of course, the hallmark of a tzaddik, is hapcha that doesn't drag you down too. So what he was able to do is hapcha without getting stuck in the mud. And there's a Ben Yayala also quotes the Arizal. The Arizal says that he was called, that Amma was called B'nai Adam because he's known as B'nai Adam because he's a Gilgal of Nadav. Got that? He's a Gilgal of Nadav, of Nadav, Nadav and Avihu fame. Nadav and Avihu got their neshamas from Adam Arishan, so anybody who's a Gilgal of Nadav is going to be called B'nai Adam. Got it? Because they're B'nai Adam, because he's also a Gilgal of Adam. So he's a Gilgal of Adam and Nadav. This is an Arizal. And uh, the reason why he came back is, uh, this will thrill you. The, re- huh? the reason why he came back, he had to make a ticket for something they didn't get to accomplish. Guess what? Nadav never got married. Shemshin got married like three times and then and changed. So he, uh, he accomplished the ticket that Nadav never accomplished. Never, Nadav never got married. Huh? 
I guess. That's it. Pirates is asking, because no one can hear in this, in this microphone. Pirates is asking, isn't everybody a Gilgal of Adamarishan? And I don't know the answer to that. It's an Arizal, and I don't really understand Gilgal Amad that well. It is a valid question. Point is, two interpretations of possible interpretations of B'nai Adam. One is that he was able to do his Habcha, and he was able to do Birurim, even in Bias Asuras, which is something that only a perfect Tzadik would be capable of doing. And the other one is that he's B'nai Adam, means that he's a Gilgal of Nadav, who was attacking the problem that Nadav never had, uh, never had a wife and children by, uh, by engaging in all sorts of his is own Bias. Yerizal says that, yes. Okay, moving on. Chaf Gimel. This is probably the most famous sentence in the story of Shimshin, made famous by Zionists mostly. This is a song they sing at weddings. I, I don't know why. Shimshin called out to God, and he said the following, God, my God, God the God, 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 right? Not my God, God, God. Please remember me, three, please strengthen me just this one last time. And give me revenge for one of my eyes against the Plishtim. We are zooming forward into the future. Just a moment ago, Shimshim was a little baby who had just gotten a bracha and a zama. And now what we have is him on his final day, the day that he died. On the day that he died, he was chained to the lower floor of a Plishtim party. They're partying upstairs and he's downstairs. He's lost all of his power. The Ruach of Hashem has left them. They poked out his eyes. He's a broken man who's chained to the pillars. And he says, to God, give me just a moment of revenge for one of my eyes. Achapam, just one time give me revenge for one of the eyes that I lost and let me take down the plishtim. And God gives him his strength back for just a moment and he pulls down the pillars and the entire thing collapses, says in Tanakh, that on that day more plishtim were killed than Shimshin killed in his entire life. He took a whole bunch of them with him. Okay. Amarav, Shimshin, What was Shimshin saying to Hashem? What does it mean, give me revenge for one of my eyes? He said, Master of the universe. I want you to remember the 22 years that I judged the Jewish people. During those 22 years that I was a judge, I never once told any of them, I never asked even one of them to carry my stick from one place to another. Now, that was very nice of him, but why should they, why, why because of that does he deserve to have revenge for one of his eyes, and why because of that does he deserve to be able to destroy the Plishtim? So if you look in Rashi, Rashi is in Medrash, Medrash, Amr ben Shalalam, ten li schar eneachas be'lam hazah, schar eneacheres, te shmurli ve'misakanes les lave. Rashi doesn't answer the question. Rashi just says, one of my eyes I want right now, I want the schar for that right now, and the other eye I want lossy lave. Rashi doesn't answer the question what's going on with this carrying a stick from one place to another. However, the Marsha does, and the Ben Yayada, and a bunch of other achrenim. They all say he was saying, I didn't take a bribe. I never took a bribe in my entire life. Why does it matter that I didn't take a bribe. Anybody know off the top of their head what the punishment is for taking bribes? God. Don't don't show on yourself, parrots. <laughs> and that's right, they lose their eyesight. Because even a tzaddik, they can get uh, they can get blinded if they take a bribe. So Shimshin was saying, I didn't deserve to lose my eyes. That's the way almost all the Achranim understand this. Shimshin's going, I never took a single bribe. I didn't deserve to lose my eyes. I'd like some of my eyes back. Let me give you a, how some of these break it down. They break it down a little differently each. Uh, the Marsha says that he was admitting that he deserved to be punished for going after his eyes, as we said earlier. So he says, look, I deserve to have my eyes poked out because I did go after my eyes, but I really only deserve to have one eye poked out. The second eye, I would like my reward right now. And Ian Yaakov kind of drives that home. He says, why does he deserve to, uh, why did he only deserve to have one eye poked out? Because the Ian Yaakov says an Evid goes free if only one of his eyes gets poked out. So Shimshon was saying to Hashem, if I did an Avera that needs atonement, one eye should atone for me because an Evid goes free with one eye being poked out. So if I did an Avera, one eye atoned for it. Why'd you take the second one? You shouldn't have. So I want the second one back. And if you're not going to give me the second one back, I want the schar of the second one back and I want to use it to knock down the Plishtim. That's the way Ian Yaakov understands. And then Chidah ties it all together. The Chidah says that although I deserve to lose my eyes for going after my eyes, I also deserve to keep my eyes because I never took an even small bribe. And what is the rule? We have Mida Kenegin Mida in Peranus and Mida Kenegin Mida in Mida Teva. Which one's always stronger? 
Midatayva. So Shimshon goes, God, you broke your rules. It's true. I went after my eyes, so I deserve to lose my eyes. I also never took a bribe, so I deserve to keep my eyes. Midatayva is Merubah Midatayva You owe me at least one eye. So the Chidah says, that was his calculation. This Midatayva is getting Midatayva's. Uh, I would like you to blind me in one eye. And he also adds that Shimshon was re- requested that God only give him Kiviyachal, one blind eye, and give him the other eye back, because if he bl- was blind in both of his eyes, Shimshon goes, people are going to say, I took bribes, and that's not fair. If you take out only one of my eyes, no one's going to think I took bribes. So if you're not going to give it back, literally, you should, because I'd like people to know I didn't take any bribes, but if you're not going to literally give it back, give me the schar to use that eye to destroy the plishtim. And everybody should know that he gets the power from his extra eye. Right. I mean, I mean, everybody does know. It's like the most famous part of the Shimshon stories. Uh, I want to just address this last point, and then we're done for the day, and that is the 22 years. So he says here, I want you to remember that I served for 22 years. I was a judge for the Jewish people. Fun fact, there is no opinion that he was a judge for 22 years. That is in our Gemara, but it doesn't exist anywhere in Tanakh. One Pusik says 20, and another Pusik says 40, but not a single Pusik says 22. The Masha points this out and says that he thinks that our Gemara should be read a little bit differently. The Masha says that it means 2 times 20, and this is going with the second Shita. Zaharli Esrim Shana Shtayim, that the Girsa should be that I did Esrim Shana two times. Because there is a sheet that they or just take out as our, if you look in ours, they have Shtayim in, uh, in brackets. Because another way to read it is at Esrim. But it's, he either served for, for 20 or for 40. There is no sheet in, in Nach that he served 22. In any event, the uh, Rebbe kacht incredibly in the idea that Shimshon served for 40 years based on the Yerushami. The Yerushami says, uh, he didn't judge for 40 years. If we count the years that he was alive, he was a judge for 20 years exactly. Says in the Yerushami, why is he given credit for being a shepherd for 40 years? Because for 40 years, for the 20 years that he died, and then 20 years later, the Plishtim were still terrified of the reputation of Shimshon and didn't attack the Jewish people. He was able to continue protecting us for another 20 years. And because of that, he was still considered the active Nasi. You can imagine what the Rebbe did with this on the 20th anniversary of Yud Shvat. On the 20th anniversary of Yud Shvat, the entire Sikh, you'll find this in volume, Teres Menachem, Menachem, volume 59, page 9, which was exactly 20 years after the Yistalkas of the Fidik Rebbe. The Rebbe spent a lot of time explaining that just like Shimshon was a Navi, and, uh, and not just a Navi, but also a Nasi, and Kishemesh Umagin Likim is the way that you get Shimshon's name, is related to being a guardian. Shemesh Umagin Likim, a guardian of the entire Jewish people, that every Rebbe, every Nasi is a guardian of the entire Jewish people, and that as long as a Nasi's effect is still felt, such that people are afraid to attack them, or that the Yidden have a certain Yirah Shemaim because of them, that Nasi is still the active Nasi, even if he's not alive anymore. And then the Rebbe, in a Sikha that happens in that same volume, but on Yud Shvat itself, clarifies that this goes on long after 20 years. He says, since Mailam Bakedish Vilay Meridin, since this goes on, since Mailam Bakedish Vilay Meridin, we go up in holiness, we don't go down, Chasa Shalom, Lay Mistavar Besecha, Lay Mishini Divishav Tuas Am Nimshach Rakbes and Shana Rishenim, Shachri Istakas Vilayesir. It doesn't make sense to say that this only applies for 20 years, and somehow on year 21, Anasi loses his status. He says, there's no deadline, and Lishbene Gale, Shimshin, Makam Lashai of Kushya, or do an Amishinin Zen Nimshach Esim Shana, but it comes to Shimshin. There's no reason to even ask why it was just 20 years. The reason why it's only 20 years is because 20 years after Shimshin was Nistav, another Shefet took over who was just as good if not better than Shimshon. However, when it comes to us, we're dealing here with a Nasi that there is none, there is no one like him in the world. No one could possibly replace the Nasi that we're dealing with. It's moving that this status will go on indefinitely because as long as there is no proper replacement for that Nasi, as long as no one can stand and fill a Nasi's shoes, that Nasi continues to be the active Nasi whether or not he's alive in a physical body simply by the fact that 
that is here, and then the Rebbe puts it on us. We'll end with this. The Rebbe puts the responsibility on us. When we're getting to 20 years or further, that's our every single person needs to make a cheshven tzedek, needs to make a calculation in their own souls. Over that entire period that they haven't had a Rebbe in the physical body, and they have to say, Do I still have Yira Shemayim from him? Do I still have Yira from him and Yira Shemayim because of him? And if so, am I keeping him alive? Because the determining factor here is not necessarily, is, is twofold. First of all, there can't be anybody to fill his shoes, but also the Yira has to still be there. So a person has to sit down and ask themselves, am I keeping the Rebbe Rebbe? Am I keeping the Nasi Nasi? Am I keeping Shimshin Shimshin? Am I keeping him in that role by having Yira, despite the fact that he's not looming over my shoulder? And if so, Yeshekayach Gadol. And if not, that's an area for improvement because as long as we stand the Yira Bepacha, the way that we did prior to Gimel Tammuz, the Rebbe continues to be very much the Nasi. And that is uh, abundantly clear from the Sikha surrounding Shimshin. Okay, that's it.